Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Farrell, and I'm here with today's guest, Bree Smith. Hi, Bree. Hi, Joe. How are you? Doing well. And I wanted to um, speak with you because you're both a broker and then also an active investor, and you're actively investing in multifamily. Um, a little bit about Bree before she gets into her background in more detail. Uh, she is a broker. She's been a broker for 10 years now. She's also an investor. She's the founder of her company, BBS Apartments, which owns and operates 27 units in Chicago and Milwaukee. And she started investing in 2011, so just three years ago. And she's already built it up into a multi-million dollar portfolio. So with that being said, Bree, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background on what you're up to um, and how you got to this point? Of course. Um, so that, like you mentioned, I got my uh, real estate license back in 2004, a little over 10 years ago, and did real estate for a little less than a year and realized I absolutely hated it. Um, I just hated dealing with, you know, first-time home buyers and the emotional buyers that I, my clients were. So I actually left real estate in 2005 and went into corporate sales where I was up until about three months ago. Um, so I always kept my license. It was always an afterthought, you know, in case anything happened, I can always go back to real estate. And then my husband and I were looking for our first property back in 2010. And as we were looking in Chicago, we realized that it was actually cheaper for us to buy a three-unit building. That's about, you know, 2,500, 2,800 square feet than it is to buy a single-family house that's about 1,500 square feet. So we bought a three-unit, figuring that we would eventually deconvert it into a single-family house for ourselves and save us some money. 
I never really thought that we would become real estate investors. Um, but it all kind of worked out and it ended up being, you know, a lot easier than we originally thought it was. And after about a year and a half, we started buying more. And then in the past 18 months, we've acquired, you know, 24 units. And how are you financing the properties um, after the three unit? Because I imagine the three unit was, if you were planning on living in it, then it was probably traditional financing through a bank and then the yeah. rest perhaps differently? Um, so the first one we financed with an FHA 3.5% down um, loan. And then since then, you know, we took us about a year and a half to buy our second property. But we were living for free. So our tenants covered our mortgage. Uh, we bought a like rehabbed building with you know granite, stainless, all that stuff. So our monthly expenses are super, super low on it. And we were both working. So we were able to bank our income and kind of snowball it from there. But all of our loans have been traditional bank loans, either residential or commercial. What What's your plan for scaling this um, in the future? as far as acquiring more properties? Are you looking to acquire at the same pace, or are you looking to bring in outside investor money to scale it faster? Um, if we were looking to buy at the same pace, I think my husband would kill me. Because uh, it's been a very <laughs> whirlwind three years, and I've had to promise him a stopping point because um, he's afraid that I will never stop. Um, and that's actually a great question because right now we are in that situation where we're kind of tapped out with what we can fund personally, um, but still want to grow. Um, we're hoping to actually acquire another maybe eight to 10 properties this year, hopefully. Um, so what we've done is I have a phenomenal, lovely brother who has a lot of equity in his house and obviously trusts me a ton. And he's agreed to put a loan on his house and give me the money for one year to invest with. So we'll be using that as our down payment um, on our next buy, given that I can pay him back within a year with the cash flow from those properties. So how how do you find a property that pays back a down payment within one year? Um, there's a couple. Um, we're under contract for three right now. We've got two offers pending. And I'm hopefully going to be adding a couple more to the deal this week. Um, so just, you know, being picky and, and knowing your market and, and really having an eye for what what kind of returns you can get. So can you get into the numbers a little bit on that? Yeah. So the market that I'm currently buying in is Milwaukee. And I don't look at anything under a 14 cap. Um, so that's kind of my floor of how low I'll go. And so we're looking like our last buy we did was um, we bought eight buildings, a little over $500,000, and then our gross rental income on it is a little over $12,000 a month. So if we can replicate that deal, then our cash flow will be able to pay back the down payment that we'll be borrowing within 12 months. Now, we're not borrowing the full down payment. We have some of our own money still. Um, so we're only going to be maybe borrowing forty or fifty thousand dollars out of it to do it. Got it, got it. So it's it's not the full down payment that you're repaying in the first year. It's whatever was loaned to you from your brother. Correct. Yep. Got it. Okay. I was going to say that that seems like one hell of a deal 
if you yeah. if you can find deals where you pay back the down payment within twelve months. And then we're also using our cash flow from our current properties to help pay that down as well. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, Bree, based on your experience in multifamily investing within the last three years, being a broker for the last 10 years, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? To know your floor and stick with it. Um, that's you know, one of the things I'm actually going through currently with Milwaukee. And as a broker, I go through with my clients almost every single time is sometimes people get so excited to do a deal. Like right now, I'm so excited to buy this big deal in Milwaukee and kind of be done and take a break for a while. And I start looking at properties that are below my minimum cap rates and thinking I could, you know, stretch it and make the numbers work. And the reality is I even need to walk away from it and be like, no, this is my floor. And I need to, even if it's a smaller buy than I expected, I need to stick with those numbers. And I do it with my clients all the time too, where, you know, they especially first-time home buyers or when you're buying a, a multi-unit and living in one unit, you get so excited to be a real estate investor that you're, you know, you're kind of stretching the numbers and tweaking it here and, and kind of lying to yourself to make the numbers work to justify the buy when realistically the deal's not worth it. You need to walk away and just be patient and wait for the next one. And by floor, you mean no less than, in your case, a 14 cap? Well, that's with Milwaukee. So, yeah, in Milwaukee, it would be a 14 cap. In Chicago, for me, it's a 10 cap. Um, everyone's got different different objectives. You know, some of the clients I work with want to have the tenants cover their mortgage so that they get to live rent-free. It could be a wide variety of different things. Different markets are, are different, you know. Um, it really depends on the person. But you have to really know what's your walk-away point and really stick to it. Have you seen that happen for a deal that comes to mind where somebody, perhaps someone you know, um, or you could try to convince a client not to digress from their floor, but they went against that advice and they, you know, purchased something that was lower than the cap rate that they wanted or higher than what perhaps they could afford? Have you seen the cause and effect of that? Yeah, I mean, luckily none of my clients, um, I've had to talk some sense into them and really, you know, make them step back and realize that. And, you know, we run through everything, like, what are the goals of this whole situation um, to make them realize that they need to really stick to it. And it gets frustrating, especially when you're looking. Sometimes, you know, it took us seven months to find our first property. We were exhausted, you know, and we were at the point where we were just worn down from it and just really wanted to do a deal and kind of maybe would have taken anything. Um, but we had to step back ourselves and not buy it. Because, I mean, a bad deal, whether it's a bad deal numbers-wise or a bad deal, whether it's the house is bad, um, you need to walk away from it. And you just can't really compromise your, I wouldn't say your morals, but your goals. Um, and, again, I'm going through this right now with Milwaukee. It's another property where we just got the inspection back on Saturday and the whole basement has structural foundation issues. It's going to cost a ton of money for me to rebuild the entire basement, which the numbers still work though, if the rehab cost comes in at what it is. But essentially I'm walking away from it because those numbers could double very easily if the whole basement foundation needs to be rebuilt. 
And it's just not something I'm willing to do. I don't deal with foundation or mold problems. So even though the numbers are good on it, I still need to walk away from it and, and spend that money elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned it because with real estate, there are so many different opportunities. And the more you're in the industry, the more different types of opportunities that are presented to you because the more people get to know you and mm-hmm. the more of a track record that you get and um, the more people you meet who are doing different things. And it's incredibly important, I completely and wholeheartedly agree, to stick to, as you mentioned, uh, what your floor is um, and know exactly you know, what, is, what is the approach that you're going to take and, and stick to it and don't get distracted by the shiny object. I love that. Of course, yeah. The shiny object syndrome. We all have it. Um, and sometimes, like I said, sometimes it comes up like this, this basement issue. I just found out about it a couple of days ago. I'm already under contract for it. The reality is that $20,000 is going to cost me to do that basement. That's a $100,000 house for me because that's $20,000 down. And I would much rather invest that money for a $100,000 house than fix a $20,000 foundation problem. That's a that's a good comparison. That's a good way to, to put that in perspective. Bree, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I sure am. Best ever book you've read? Well, this book I actually just started reading yesterday when I was in the plane. So I haven't finished it yet, but it was so good. It's called Life and Air. Life and, and I don't Air? Remember who- Life and air. Um, I don't remember who wrote it, but it's more of a philosophy book on, you know, people who in America, how we work the nine to five for the idea that someday we'll retire and be free of it all when we're really thinking about things backwards because we just keep digging ourselves in these holes by just going with the norm and and working these nine to fives. All right. I haven't heard of that one. Life and Air. It's by Steve Cook. I just looked it up. There you go. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. It's not really a personal growth experience, <laughs> but it's the um, the number one life-altering experience that I've had. Um, and that was that a couple of years ago, my father had just turned 60. And, you know, he always talked about what he wanted to do when he retired. And he'd been to Thailand a couple of times and was talking about buying a farm in Thailand and spending his golden years there. And he ended up passing away a few months after that. And he ended up passing away the day day before he retired. And, you know, losing a parent or losing anyone is obviously rough. But the part that he died the day before he retired just really stuck with me and still does to this day and really changed my, my outlook. And that was after we had bought our first property when we really weren't thinking about buying more. And that's really what fueled our growth and our, our motivation was that we might not get to retire someday. And why wait another 30 years to talk about all this stuff that we want to do? We need to start doing it now and really change, change our life. Well, first off, I'm sorry for yours and your family's loss. And second, secondly, what an incredible lesson that you took from that. And it sounds like that has greatly influenced how you approach not only investing, but your life. Very much so. I mean, it's probably, it runs through my head at least, I think about it almost every single day as what, you know, it definitely motivates everything that we do.
best ever success habit you practice? Um, it's maybe a success habit, maybe a neurotic habit. Um, it's my to-do list. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm super neurotic about to-do lists. Um, every day I wake up and I do my to-do list for the day, and then I prioritize my to-do list, and then I cross off on my to-do list. And everything that I don't finish goes on the next day's to-do list. And I, I don't really know if it's a success habit, but it really helps me focus and prioritize and be functional. And and feel like you're accomplishing things as you check things off your to-do list, right? Yes, totally. That's a really good feeling. Best ever deal you've done? The best ever deal I did um, was a little bit different for us. It was the house that we currently live in now. Um, and it came on the market and my husband really liked, my husband has, has, does not have any real estate experience except for our investing experience, but he's got a great eye and a great gut instinct about things. Um, but this house came on the market and we went to go see it. It was already under contract. I was, you know, just mentioned to the agent, if it falls out, let me know. And she ended up calling me a couple of weeks later. It fell out of contract and we came to see it and it was already getting multiple offers. Um, but we knew, we knew this market and we knew that the house was really undervalued. And so we went in $26,000 over asking price out of 12 offers, and we got the house. Um, we ended up doing a pretty extensive rehab on it. Um, again, it's our personal residence, so we don't, we're not selling it, but we got it appraised a few months later for um, a significant amount over what we had paid and put into it. And that's actually what has then fueled our, our next buy, which was Milwaukee, was because we pulled the money out of this house to do so. Can you give some specific numbers on that one? Yeah, so we ended up, uh, we bought it for 325 We put about $75,000, $80,000 into it, and then it was appraised at 575 So we were all in for 400 and appraised for 575 That's awesome. I, yeah. it's good for you too. Love to hear that. Um, and it was like we've never done a rehab before. It was, you know, less than a year after us being married and we ended up having to live in the rehab and it was a non-pleasant experience, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was originally a three-week $30,000 rehab and ended up being like an eight-week $80,000 rehab. And so dealing with that was definitely a learning experience and luckily we came out on the good end of it all. But that is what has, has fueled the second half of our growth was the equity from this house. That's awesome. Yeah. My brother and his uh, wife, whenever they first purchased a house after they got married, did that same thing. Um, not, they haven't sold it yet. Um, and I don't know if they've got it appraised, appraised since then, but they did a rehab while they're living in it. And it is a very tough thing to do for any mm -hmm. relationship. Um, yeah. Because you know, when you get home, you'd like to relax and hang out. But man, if you, know, you get home and you've got work to do. And on top of that, oh, by the way, it's where you're living and there's no separation of boundaries. Oh, my gosh, that that can be stressful. But it in the end, that. it's well worth it. Yeah, it was. Uh, we had, we moved in after, I think, four or five weeks of rehab because um, it was supposed to be a three-week rehab. So when we moved in, there was, you know, no stove, no refrigerator, but at least, like, the flooring was done, the walls were up, that kind of stuff. Um, but I have two clients I'm working with right now that are both getting married this summer and have more more recently both looked at 
properties that need major rehabs. I'm like, I think we can do it. I'm like, listen, let me tell you. Like, you aren't even married yet. You've got a wedding to plan. It is such a big project for you to take on as a first-time home buyer and someone that's getting married in six, eight months. Like, unless it's a phenomenal deal, it's, it's just not worth it. It's yeah, you, you, you two have to start. Uh, you have to get married first before you can break up. So get married yeah. and, and then do the rehab. <laughs> And it's funny, our contractor was like a, the third wheel in our marriage. It was so weird. Because, like, well, I talked to him and he told me this. Oh, he told me it's going to take another two weeks. And it was just, like, completely one-sided with our contractor in the middle. And I'm just so glad it's over with. Best ever quote. My best ever quote is, I do not regret the things I've done, but those I did not do. From Empire Records, from Lucas. Oh, that is one of my favorite soundtracks. Yeah, phenomenal soundtrack. Oh, God, I love that soundtrack. Bree, what's the best ever place to reach you? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter, um, which is, it's just Chicago Bree, and it's B-R-I-E. Um, my email is Chicago Bree, and my website is Chicago Bree. It's pretty easy. That is what I call consistent branding. Yeah, there you go. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to mention to the best ever listeners? Um, just be patient with it. I mean, be patient with it. You're going to, that's the only advice I can give. Don't try to force it. Okay. Well, I would say you've also given other very valuable advice on this call. And I, I am so appreciative of you jumping on the call with us and, I know you just got back from vacation in Texas, where I'm from, and enjoyed San Antonio and uh, went to Austin and hung out there as well. Uh, so thanks for for taking some time to speak with the best ever listeners, and we will talk to you soon. Of course. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Hey, you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.